the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The verdict is in. Yeah, believe it or not, in case you haven't heard, uh, the verdict is in. It's been in for a while. It hasn't been read yet. Uh, They're waiting for the actual official reading of the verdict by the jury foreman, I guess, in the courtroom. And uh, everybody's on hold, the media around the world, actually, uh, waiting for the announcement. Uh, I'm not an attorney, as you probably know. Um, And I would... uh, I, I would say that it's just based on my experience watching these things that when a verdict comes back this quickly on a case like this, it's not good news for the uh, for the defendant. Although um, I seem to remember O.J. Simpson's verdict coming back pretty quickly, and when it came back as quickly as it did, I think ninety nine point nine percent of the people on the planet who have been paying attention. Uh, thought that it was guilty because it was so obvious that he was guilty based on all the evidence that was presented. We all know now that he was found not guilty, um, but I don't think there's a person walking the planet either who believes that he was not guilty. But it came back quickly, and it was uh, it was a, a shocking no uh, a not guilty verdict after I think it was only a couple of hours of of um, deliberation, and this group has only been in for, I don't know, about 24 hours maybe. Um, and uh, most of the commentary that I'm watching on, uh, I've been watching on uh, TV today, uh, they the the experts, the attorneys, they say that um, it's not a good sign for Chauvin. Um, meanwhile, you know, leading up to this, you had, uh, I mean, how is this guy not going to appeal this? How is he going to get a, um, how is anybody going to believe that this jury was not, influenced by what was going on in Minneapolis with the uh, barbed wire and the razor wire. They saw all that because they weren't sequestered. And they, well, when they went into the courtroom uh, courthouse every day, they saw what was going on. And they know or knew that uh, a not guilty verdict was going to just create total mayhem. So it's, I don't know how um, he doesn't appeal it if he, does, if he is found guilty. And who knows what he's going to be found guilty of. Maybe he's going to be not guilty, but it could be second-degree murder, third-degree murder, or manslaughter. Uh, the manslaughter one is the one that's best for him as far as being giving him a chance to get out. He's 44 years old. If you add all three of those, if he's found guilty of all three, uh, or the I guess the I think the second-degree murder charges, there's a lot of years involved there, and he, he could be in prison for a long time. But... Um, We'll see what happens. Um, it's ongoing right now. Don't know what the deal is, um, but the verdict is in, and uh, you'll be hearing whether Derek Chauvin is guilty or not guilty any minute, literally. But uh, we're going to talk about some other stuff t- today, um, and we'll keep our eye on that. But when we come back, going to talk uh, to our expert on the media, Jeff McCall from DePaul University. Uh, just to, I'll get a couple of comments on the media's coverage of uh, this trial, but uh, there are a couple other stories that I wanted to talk to him about, including uh, Officer Sicknick's death at the Capitol. He's the Capitol Police officer who we were told was killed by a fire extinguisher, uh, being beaten over the head by a fire extinguisher. Uh, and we just found out a, la- in a, day or, a day or two ago that, uh, he did not die from that. He died from two strokes that he had after the uh, after the he served his um, after he worked during the night with the riots. It was the next day that he died from the stroke. So the media was really really happy to report that he was killed by a Trump supporter beating him to death with a fire extinguisher. Uh, maybe a little bit um, too anxious to have that narrative put out there, but um, we'll talk to Jeff about that 
And also, this, the story I'm seeing now, uh, Derek Chauvin found guilty on all three charges in the death of George Floyd. We'll, uh, we'll see what that, we'll, we'll get the details on that and talk about that and also talk about the media's coverage of this with Jeff McCall when we come back. Stick around. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow Foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. This is John Steigerwald. Visit MyPillow.com for deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the new My Slippers. Click the radio listener square and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. Remember, Use that promo code STAG. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19 related disruptions have caused abnormal behavior in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with plug-in pest-free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pest-free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-in Pest-free goes to work, keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair dinkum. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's gopestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Gopestfree.com, promo code PEN. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. 2021 is the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. This is the John Stacker Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the big story right now, obviously, is the Derek Chauvin uh, verdict. He's guilty on all three counts, and uh, the media will be occupied with that for a while. And uh, they're just sorting through it now with all the experts, so... You'll be watching that a lot tonight in prime time, I'm sure. 
And this takes away from another huge story uh, that came out the last couple of days. It's about what happened on January 6th at the Capitol. You probably thought Brian Sicknick, the Capitol Police officer, was killed by someone beating him over the head with a fire extinguisher. As it turns out, the media were too quick to accept it and spread it, and that's one of the two stories I wanted to discuss with Jeff McCall, communications professor at DePaul University and a media critic for FoxNews.com and The Hill. Jeff, uh, thanks for coming on again. You're welcome. Great to be with you. So, uh, so before we get to that, any thoughts on the coverage of the trial? Well, I think the media coverage uh, is certainly a factor in how the trial proceeded, uh, and it's hard to imagine that the jury was not sequestered in advance of this trial. I was always a little puzzled that the judge didn't take the jury and kind of hide them away, away from all the news coverage, because I think that's one of the issues now is how much would the jury might maybe have been influenced by having observed the news coverage while they were at home. Now, maybe they were not interested in watching it. I have no idea whether they watched the news coverage or not. But I think it would be hard to try to be in a vacuum living in Minnesota over the last couple of weeks while this trial was going on without being aware or exposed somehow to some of the coverage. And so the people who are on that jury, and, and God bless them, that they're trying to do their civic duty, I know, and I'm not questioning their judgments or motives, but they were in a very difficult position, and my guess is they had to know to some degree, depending on how much news they consumed, or even just talking with friends, they had to know about the civil unrest, about the way the trial was being covered, about the potential for additional unrest, depending on how the, the decision came down. Uh, and I, and again, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't want to get too far. I don't want to outkick yeah. my coverage in terms of analyzing the trial. But I would say this, in terms of observing the media, which I do a lot, there was a lot of presumptive reporting for conviction. If you watched a lot of the narratives of the last several days, a lot of the news coverage, particularly from places like CNN, was, how could this guy not be guilty? Uh, yeah. Because there was a lot of criticism of the defense, uh, there was a, a lot made out of the fact that Officer Chauvin took the Fifth Amendment, which presumably should be a value-neutral kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think the media tone of coverage uh, you know, was, was pointing in a certain direction that maybe the media was hoping for, uh, and I'm talking about establishment kind of media here, or left-leaning media, which is basically most of the media these days. Uh, now, whether that had an effect on the outcome of the trial, it's very hard to tell. Uh, but I would say this. Uh, the judge earlier this week almost opened the door for the defense to appeal just based on some of the surrounding circumstances uh, involved in the situation. So uh, I would be shocked if the defense doesn't immediately file for an appeal, uh, partly on the basis that the jurors were maybe contaminated or tainted somehow. Uh, and again, I'm not blaming the jurors for this, but just that they couldn't have helped but been influenced somehow by the surrounding environment uh, outside the courtroom, including the media coverage. Yeah, you know, I had a guy on yesterday named George Perry. He's a former state and federal prosecutor. He's written a lot of stuff about this trial, and he, he said um, he wrote a piece before the jury was even picked that, that, to, telling everybody to get ready for a kangaroo trial. He said there's no way that that trial should have been held in Minneapolis uh, because of what you just mentioned there and the, and the jury being aware of all the ramifications and, you know, their neighbor's house might get burned down if they come through with the wrong verdict. But so I asked him yesterday, I said, now you've dealt with cases like this. What are the chances that these jurors went home and didn't watch the news or didn't pay attention to what was going on? He said, zero. That was, that was his answer. Well, I would tend to agree with him on that. I mean, I don't want yes. to jump to conclusions, but in this day yes. and age, it's just very hard for any human being to disengage from the media circus. I mean, even if you go on to check your social media posts or your Facebook or Instagram or something, you're gonna, you just can't help but stumble into the news coverage of this. And any human being will have enough curiosity to say, God, I wonder what they're saying about this trial or whatnot. Yeah. So, uh, and again, I'm not blaming the jurors, but I would just be shy unless they could put themselves in a vacuum and they were happy to do that. Uh, it's just very unlikely that they were totally inoculated from any of the media influence there. Yeah, um, well, we'll see how this all plays out tonight. There's going to be a wall-to-wall -wall coverage on this tonight, obviously. Sure. And one uh, thing I want to say, too, is you mentioned about that the, they should have moved the trial. I mean, that is one thing that judges always have. 
uh, in their purview is to ask for a change of venue to try to get yeah. the trial to a place where the media coverage or the pre-trial coverage by the media would not have been so intense. Now, could you have done that any place in Minnesota without you know, having people be aware of it? Maybe not, but certainly in Minneapolis itself was probably not a very good place to have that trial. Yeah, and and this the, the in the last couple of weeks, uh, there were reports about the uh, Floyd family being awarded twenty seven million dollars in a civil case, um, and then there was another uh, a young black man shot and killed by a cop right up the street from uh, Minneapolis. Uh, and all that's going on. It's just it's hard to imagine that, that anybody could be that objective uh, to be able to sit on a jury and not be influenced by that. But I wanted to, to, to talk to you about uh, a couple of big stories that, that uh, I don't think, well, I think the media did a really bad job on. But, but they're also, I think, because of everything that's going on now with Chauvin and everything, it's going to kind of sneak by without them being held accountable talking first of all about the Brian Sicknick story, the Capitol Police officer. That was announced uh, yesterday that I guess it's official that he did not die from being beaten over the head with a uh, fire extinguisher. He died of two strokes. Uh, were, the, were the media guilty of being a little too willing to buy that story, do you think, uh, Jeff? I think the media was wanting to push that story and hoping that it was true. And I think what's worth mm -hmm. noting is that the original version of that story that appeared in places like the New York Times and the CNN was not sourced. Nobody ever reported how they knew that. And I think that's one of the biggest flaws in this media coverage of the Sicknick situation is that nobody in their original reporting was able to say the D.C. medical examiner said this or authorities said or, you know, medics on the scene said or anything like that. They, they went with this narrative, which turns out to be totally false, that Sicknick was attacked and beaten over the head with a fire extinguisher, and then the copycat media just complicated the problem by repeating each other's inaccuracies without anybody having enough gumption to say, hey, wait a second, was that original story sourced? How, how did the New York Times know that? Or do any independent verification on their own? Nobody did that. They just took off and went, ran down the street with that. And I want to point out, this was not a blunder or a mistake by some sort of cub or novice reporter. If this was somebody from the Podunk Journal or something who made this mistake, we could say, hey, right. they don't know any better. But this was the New York Times. This was CNN. This is all the major news organizations. They all bought into this without any critical thinking at all. And it's, it's, it's shameful, really. And, and it comes on the back of, you know, the 60 Minutes hit job on DeSantis recently, which was, of course, yes. clearly – designed by CBS uh, to make that kind of f false claim. Uh, the, the whole notion of that uh, the story fell apart recently about the, tr uh, the, the, uh, the Russian bounty on U.S. soldiers and that Trump didn't respond to it and that sort of thing. We mm -hmm. find out now that that was a very flimsy, if not absolute false report. And so I, I want to point out these, these media mistakes are totally avoidable. And, and in my opinion, they are conscious attempts to shape, or I should say warp, the public agenda in ways that serve the interests of some self-serving media establishment powerful executives rather than to serve the interests of the citizens. And that just totally corrupts the whole notion that the First Amendment was created to, you know, to provide for a free press to protect the interests of citizens because the establishment media now – is a collaborator press with the powerful, and they are not working on behalf of the citizens. And it's, it's, it's disappointing and harmful to the nation. Yeah, and um, I, I do, the New York Times, they didn't quote anybody, but the New York Times referred to, uh, I think on a line in there, according to two Capitol officials. Um, you know, they didn't mention any names, but that's the closest thing I saw to a uh, quote. But... <clears throat> The, I mean, to quoting a source, but the Democrats were more than happy to buy the story uh, to the point that they, they gave Sicknick a special honor of being laid out in the Capitol Rotunda because they, they believed that he died in, in the, uh, in, in, during his duty to protect them, and that wasn't true. Uh, so the Democrats, it, it is almost like a collaborative thing. The media throw that thing out there, and if it's something that the Democrats like, they're going to run with it. 
They don't, they don't need no stinking sources. And the thing is, we have seen this pattern now for several years, and the media, I mean, if the media were going to learn from these mistakes, they would have learned by now. But think of how long we ran with the Russian, Russian collusion thing with Adam Schiff standing in, you know, the halls of Congress saying he had evidence in plain sight. None of that turned out to be true, of course. But that just goes to show that the media is not that interested in the facts or going where the facts lead. They're interested in trying to create commotion to serve their interests. And it is really, I mean, I'm, I'm very sad for Offener Sicknick, but, you know, when the D.C. medical examiner comes out and says he died of natural causes, there is no other way to, to come to a conclusion other than to say that. Um, and for three months we've had people talking about, you know, the un, by the way, the, the mob was unruly, no doubt about that, but they were not responsible for the death of Officer Sicknick, which I think is quite noteworthy. And, you know, when you get right down to it, in spite of all the commotion on January 6th, uh, it turns out that uh, three of the Trump supporters died themselves of either natural causes or drug overdose. Uh, Officer Sicknick now died of natural causes. And the only victim of violence was the demonstrator who was shot by a Capitol policeman. And that really turns the narrative on its head. Now, um, and as long as you mentioned that, I was going to bring that up, but uh, Ashley Babbitt was uh, was shot and killed. Uh, what about the uh, the total lack of interest on the part of the media to get the name of the person who killed her? I mean, forget the fact that the Democrats haven't uh, exposed the person, or the you know the people the the people in charge at the Capitol haven't mentioned who 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 shot her, but the media have shown zero interest in it. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not sure the name of the shooter is essential, but I think certainly we need some explanation of the circumstances or the context in which that happened, whether we have the person's exact name or not. But we don't really know necessarily, like, what the investigation showed. Was that officer in fear of his life? Did he think that uh, Ashley Babbitt had a weapon? Uh, you might know from the video of that of that you know, chaos in the hallway uh, near the door where Ashley Babbitt was trying to get through the window. There were other uniformed police officers with weapons standing just yeah. feet from her who weren't doing anything to haul her in or to restrict her. And so they apparently did not, did not feel like there was an immediate threat there. And again, I don't want to get into their heads necessarily either, but I think somebody ought to at least say uh, this was uh, this this was the circumstance behind that shooting, and, you know, we don't necessarily need uh, the, the name, I suppose. But in this day and age, the names of law enforcement officials who are engaged in shootings always have their names revealed, whether that's in Pittsburgh or Indianapolis or, or yeah. should be even in the Capitol. It's very strange. I only have about a minute and a half left, and I wanted to ask you before you go about the uh, the. Uh, President Trump, the story about President Trump ignoring those intelligence reports that said the Russians were paying bounties to the Taliban. That that story made it into the election coverage, pre-election coverage, and could have actually um, affected the election. And the media were pretty uh, pretty happy to run with that one too, weren't they? Oh, that well, and ev that that became a talking point for every prominent Democrat across the country. Uh, Biden, Pelosi, everybody stood to the microphone as soon as they could to talk about Trump turning his back on our American servicemen and allowing the Russians to put bounties on their head. And, you know, maybe there was a reason Trump didn't act on that report, because maybe he thought it was flimsy uh, or not substantiated. Uh, and here's one of the other things. If Trump had acted on that and created some sort of international event, think of how bad that would have looked. And, and really, uh, it, I'm a, yeah, go ahead. I only have 30 seconds left, uh, and I want to ask you real quickly, what uh, what will the media do now? How much uh, time will they spend, do you suppose, uh, um, correcting the story? <laughs> we've, we've seen that the media has a very poor track record for co uh, correcting any of their errors. And in fact, after the 60 Minutes hit, hit piece on DeSantis, uh, they basically doubled down to, to try to explain that they had been just fine all along and when they really weren't. Yeah. Pretty bad. Hey, Jeff, uh, lots of stuff to try to get in there in 15 minutes. Thanks for coming on. wish we had some more time, but I'm out of I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, that's Jeff McCall, communications professor at DePaul University, and we'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The White House is trying to defend President Biden's remarks about the upcoming verdict in the trial of the former officer charged in George Floyd's death. White House correspondent Greg Cluxton with that report. As jurors deliberate, the president said he is praying the verdict is the right verdict and that he believed the case to be overwhelming. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was pressed repeatedly about the appropriateness of the president's comments. I don't think he would see it as weighing in on the verdict. He was conveying uh, what many people are feeling across the country, which is compassion for the family. The president's remarks came one day after the presiding judge admonished elected officials for speaking out about the case. Greg Clugston. Washington. Wall Street still deep in the red. The Dow off 344 points and the NASDAQ is down 165. This is SRN News. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O V-I-T-E dot com. Hugh Hewitt sees the next campaign already starting. I'm sure you wanted to know that. Now, I have my own little list. But tier one is Vice President Pence and Secretary of State Pompeo, Senator Cotton, Governors DeSantis and Christie. Right below them, Tim Scott of South Carolina and Nikki Haley of South Carolina. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. This is John Steigerwald. Visit MyPillow.com for deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the new My Slippers. Click the radio listener square and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. Remember, use that promo code STAG. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, W223CS Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer Mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Continues to be pretty intense out there traffic-wise. Outbound Parkway East, it is a solid jam. Forbes Avenue out to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound also backed up into the tunnel from Forest Hills on down and from County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West seeing some improvement, but still slow inbound from Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Volume delays outbound 28 from Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. And we're busy on the southbound Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. 
Weather. Tonight we'll see mostly cloudy skies with a rain or snow shower in spots late, low 34. Tomorrow will be windy with a couple of rain or snow showers at a high of 42. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy and cold. There will be a freeze. We'll see a low tomorrow night of 28. Thursday, a shower in spots after temperatures rise above freezing in the morning. Winds will gradually subside and it will be cold with intervals of clouds and sun, the high 48. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, COVID and vaccines, uh, now Chauvin uh, verdict, in case you didn't hear, guilty on all three counts. Riots, uh, the crisis at the border, they've all pushed lots of stories that might otherwise be getting attention to the background. I think one great example of that is one told by Edie Heipel of the Center for Renewing America. Uh, the federal government, this is the headline, uh, the federal government caught buying fresh flesh of aborted babies who could have survived as preemies. That's the headline of a piece she wrote for the Federalists, and Edie joins us now. Edie, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on, John. So uh, how are they uh, doing this, and who caught them? Well, put simply, John, the federal government, our federal government, is trafficking human body parts. Um, the piece I wrote earlier this week goes into the bombshell report that Judicial Watch, which is a legal accountability group, released this month detailing 600, almost nearly 600 pages of emails that the SBA withheld from the American public about their buying and selling of baby parts for science experiments like humanizing mice. So my report delves into some of the examples, and I think the facts speak for themselves. They're pretty horrific. I mean, you've read the piece. And uh, as, as um, it was, they were caught by Judicial Watch. Is that who, who got, came up with the emails? Right. So Judicial Watch, back in 2019, um, filed a lawsuit against HHS, alleging that they were withholding documents um, detailing the emails and um, conversations between FDA employees and um, employees at the procurement firm, the fetal tissue firm. Um, so Judicial Watch filed this lawsuit back in 2019 saying, basically, these documents were withheld from the American public. And, um, you know, due to the, the concerns already, uh, as I think you've seen in the, the Trump administration's uh, decision to put restrictions around fetal tissue um, research, there was already concern about the lawfulness of this activity. So they were simply saying, we want access to these documents. This is public knowledge the American public needs to know. And ultimately, that, uh, that lawsuit led to the federal court saying, you need to turn over these documents, and that's what uh, we saw this month. And, and how close were these babies uh, to being born, the ones whose well, parts talk- were sold? Right. So as I talk in my piece, I mean, the, the documentation that we have proves that at least up to 24 weeks gestation, which as due to what we know about fetal development, as we know, this is even far beyond um, the point in a woman's pregnancy at which a child can survive outside of the womb. I mean, we have many examples of premature children being able to survive outside of the womb at 21 weeks gestation. So these are, this is not the clump of cells argument that the pro-abortion side likes to make. These are fully developed um, unborn babies. Yeah, I mean, and that's what makes them valuable, right? To the people, um, the name of the company is Advanced Bioscience Resources. They want exactly. um, uh, uh, well-developed fetuses, right? I mean, that's the whole point. I, I In email traffic, you will see requests for arms, legs, brains, fully developed livers and sinuses. That's why they want them. And ironically, it kind of makes the argument um, for the humanity of the unborn child. Right, because their their body parts are developed enough to be considered human and you know beneficial to whatever research they're doing. So let's make sure we're clear. Everybody's clear on this. This is a company called Advanced Bioscience Resources. They uh, make money by selling the eyes, lungs, brains, livers, and other parts of uh, babies that most of whom, or many of whom at least, could have survived. Uh, uh, outside the womb, and the FDA, the, that's the uh, Food and Drug Administration, is paying using taxpayer money, I guess. Yeah, that's the only money they have. This comes from taxpayers. 
They're using taxpayer right. dollars to buy these parts uh, to, uh, and uh, the, the advanced bioscience resources. That's correct. You said it. The facts, are, the facts speak for themselves. And now they're public knowledge. I mean, anybody can go and view these documents and see for themselves what's been going on. Was this happening out in the open? Well, I mean, for for decades, really, pro-lifers have um, been coined by the other side as having this conspiracy theory that the federal government has been involved in trafficking and researching on aborted baby parts. For, for decades, people have denounced that this is true. Um, but there were concerns about this going on. I mean, that's why Trump instituted the fetal tissue ban and restrictions on research of this nature. But ultimately, the emails are newsworthy because they prove the specifics that this has been going on and the details, level of detail to which it has been. So it totally proves it. You know, there have been other stories, uh, Project Veritas. Uh, there have been other undercover stories where it's been made pretty obvious that body parts are being sold. Uh, and uh, But somehow... Uh, even though when people see videotapes of it, 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 it doesn't seem to go anywhere. You know, I mean, you don't see anybody uh, being held to account for it. Uh, it. I mean, in California, they went after the guy who produced the videos. Right. I mean, so where's this going? I mean, what, what, what's the, uh, what, what will it take to get people to focus on this and be upset about it? Well, John, honestly, I... I have been encouraged by the amount of people reaching out to me, by the amount of shares even of this article, of people uh-huh. saying, I'm appalled this is happening, and this is not something I condone, and surely I, I don't want this happening, but I don't know what to do about it. But then I think there is, a, there is a part of the population who refuses to acknowledge that this is going on um, because it's so ugly to look at, and... That's why I think it's ultimately most important for us to bring these details, as gruesome as they are, out into the public. We need to talk about them. We need to show them. We need to put them on display. And the work that David Delighting and others have done has been tremendous. But this needs to be brought to the forefront of the conversation because, you know, these federal agencies are in charge of making decisions about medical progress and scientific research. They're at the helm of this. And if we're not okay with it, objectively... Um, we need to do something about it. So, you know, bringing it out in the open is the start, but people need to be appalled by this. And uh, what can you tell us about this company, Advanced Bioscience Resources? What, how big of a deal are they, and how, how much, I mean, what, what, what kind of a big business is buying, baby, buying and selling baby parts? Well, ABR has been the number one, so to speak, fetal tissue trafficking firm or procurement firm for decades now, they're pretty under the rug. And that, you know, that says a lot. That says a lot about how shady this business is. But they have been the number one largest procurement firm for decades. And it's interesting because they don't even have a website online. I mean, even in the emails, you'll uncover ABR employees saying, we don't have a website. We don't post um, the prices for body parts online. So it's interesting how, you know, uncovered they've remained for so long, but all the more important to bring them into the forefront and show the American people that this has been going on for decades, and this company is at the center of it. Talking to Edie Heipel of the Center for Renewing America, and she's, uh, her piece is up at thefederalist.com, and the headline is, Federal Government Caught Buying Fresh, quote-unquote, Flesh, of aborted babies who could have survived as preemies. Um, how much was the FDA uh, paying ABR for body parts? All the emails will tell you. Uh, up front, $12,000 per uh, batch of tissue. Um, but, you know, their pricing charts are fully available online as well now that these emails and records are uncovered, showing that individual body parts are 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 sectioned off essentially and priced at hundreds of dollars a piece. So, you know, you can literally find a chart that says brain, one brain is $325, um, arm, $425, a heart, that kind of thing. I mean, that information is out there, but the federal government has been 
you know, paying tens of thousands of dollars buying these body parts. Yeah, you say that ABR was paid $12,000 up front per baby. So you could buy a, right. you could buy a, a, a full baby, um, some survivable out of the womb, uh, for 12000 bucks. That's that's the price of an unborn child right there. That That's explicit, and that should shock us. And um, you mentioned here that uh, the parts were shipped, and this is in quotes, uh, they tell you that they're shipped fresh, this is a quote, fresh on wet ice, unquote. Like you're buying that's fish. That's correct. Right. As if they were picking a piece of meat out from the market. I mean, it's the, the level of callousness that these employees have, I assume, become hardy to over time is just insane, in my opinion. And um, what are some of the more disturbing things in the emails uh, that were uncovered by uh, Judicial Watch? For example, uh, not being able to determine the sex of the baby in some cases. What do they do then? Right. So that is one of the most, I found, disturbing parts of the emails was there was a specific request from an FDA medical scientist, a researcher, who specifically asked that they, for the next batch of tissue, they procure a baby boy or a male fetus um, for this humanized mice experiment. So he asked specifically for a male, a, a baby boy. Uh, I found that to be the most disturbing, frankly. But then even as the ABR employee wrote back, you know, he's saying, well, sometimes the sex of the child is hard to identify because of the nature of the termination procedure, which is basically coined for how barbaric abortions are, um, you know, at the end of an abortion, often the clinic worker has to piece together the mangled body of a child. Um, so no wonder that they can't, you know, I mean, it's so absurd in describing to you, but no wonder that they cannot identify the sex of this baby. Well, in your piece, you, um, you um, link to an email from... Um Somebody named Perrin. Uh, no, from Castri- uh, from Perrin, yeah. Perrin, hi. Uh, thank you for the reply. It is strongly preferred to have a male fetus, if at all possible. However, af- after we dose the mice, we have to proceed with the surgery. So at that point, undetermined sex or female is better than no tissue. I know in some cases it is impossible to tell what the sex is. However, I don't know what proportion of your tissues are in that category. Uh, and then um, it's it's... It's like a, it's like she's ordering a pizza. It's uh, it's yes. pretty scary. It it is appalling. It's it's very frightening. Um, and that person, by the I, way, I excuse know. me, that person is from the FDA, correct? Correct. So go ahead. You I know, our, I didn't mean to. Right. No. So our 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 lead medical researchers. This is what they're saying. Now, here's the thing. Um, we're told that the baby parts aren't sold, and this is someone from the federal government buying the baby parts. Does, is this, again, is this something that people in government are aware of other, outside of the FDA? I mean, is this okay? Has this been, is this, is this a, uh, this is buying baby parts. I thought this was a, bit, a problem to be doing that. Right. Right. I mean, it is a problem. There are there are laws on the books, and certainly in the you know in the past few years, there's been a prohibition on fetal tissue research and and restrictions around that. But um, you know that I guess that doesn't seem to matter to them. And I can tell you, speaking from experience working in government a bit, my time at the White House, um, there's money going out all the time to terrible organizations and terrible groups that are doing these things it's just really hard to find out i mean i think there's just so much cover up and the bureaucracy that is our government that this has been hidden for so long and ultimately it took a lawsuit to uncover this i mean clearly they didn't want us to know about this now let me ask you something else uh i don't know if i saw this in the piece or not but when when the fda pays um advanced bioscience resources, $12,000 for a, a, a baby that could have been delivered alive, um, who gets the money? I mean, does it all go to, does, does any of the money go to the actual uh, woman who gave birth to the baby or, uh, 
and do they how many of those women know that their 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 aborted babies are being sold right i you know i honestly haven't been able to track the specifics of where the money goes to i mean i think where the money goes to is a huge problem because it's so covered up and hard to find out um but certainly i mean it's it brings, yeah, it brings the question, where is this going to? Now, I know that a lot of these women, um, most of the fetal tissue samples are being taken from Planned Parenthoods in the area. In fact, ADR partners with a whole bunch of Planned Parenthoods in that area. It's kind of like the mecca of Planned Parenthoods. Um, but, you know, I truly don't know. I, I believe that there's more to be found out, certainly. Here's a, I only have about two minutes left, and here's an email uh, sent to Christina at uh, ABR from someone at FDA. Hi, Christina. The techs were not able to identify the gender. We can only check external genitalia, and if it's not there due to the nature of the termination procedure, we have no way of telling. What does that mean, termination procedure? Well, termination procedure is code word for abortion, um, so you know, due to the nature of termination procedure, especially at the stage at which these babies are being boarded, which most of them, according to the records, is from 16 to 24 weeks, the only termination procedure or abortion procedure that's being done at that age of of gestation is dilation and evacuation, which essentially is dismemberment abortion. Um, So, I mean, your imagination can run wild with how, you know, expecting what that's going to look like at the end of the at the end of an abortion but that's exactly why they had you know they're having problems figuring out what the sex of this baby was yeah i only have 30 seconds left how many of these uh procedures are partial birth abortions do you think that that end up uh, being sold well it's hard to know exactly but Certainly, the evidence points to it being more than we'd like to think. I mean, that's another thing that the pro-abortion lobby has denied for decades, that late-term abortions and partial birth abortions simply don't exist, which is untrue. I mean, the records show that entire intact heads are being used in these procedures, not just the brain but or eyeballs, but intact heads. That alone, um, unfortunately, speaks for itself. This is occurring. Edie, I'm out of time. Edie Heipel, Center for Renewing America. Uh, keep up the good work. You can find her piece at thefederalist.com. Uh, we'll be, I'll be uh, following you, uh, Edie, and when you have more on this, I'll get you on again. Thanks. Thanks, John. Okay, we'll be right back. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offers valid through 63021. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. There are ideas and ideologies afoot in our culture today, lurking beneath the surface. Fault Lines is a book that will help you discern these worldviews and ideas, help you understand what they are and where they come from. Critical race theory, social justice, intersectionality. We've all heard these terms, but most of us have no idea what they mean. Fault lines will not only help you understand the meaning of these words, but it will also help you understand the ideologies behind them. Fault lines is a book for our day, for our time, for this moment. Because I'm not talking about something that's coming. I'm talking about something that's here. Something that has to be confronted now. This is Vodi Bakum. 
And I want to encourage you to buy my new book, Fault Lines, available everywhere books are sold, April 6th. Few moments bring you joy like opening your inbox after you've done your taxes, clicking the subject line, and reading that one email you've been waiting for so... What? Someone already filed my return? During tax season, your personal info, like your name or social security number, is all right there on your tax forms, possibly getting emailed and shared more than usual. And that could leave you exposed to identity thieves. Good thing LifeLock monitors your personal info, alerts you to possible suspicious activity, and if you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock helps you keep what's yours. Join today and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code SMART. That's promo code SMART for 25% off at LifeLock.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, they're, uh, they're happy in... Um in Minneapolis, the government people there are happy. The mayor, the uh, attorney general, the, uh, they're all talking about what a great day it was uh, for justice and all that. And I guess that's to be expected. Um, I just, again, I'm not a lawyer. George Perry, who was on here yesterday, a lawyer, said he didn't think that he could, uh, that this guy could get, uh, Chauvin could get a, a, free tr- a, f- a fair trial in Minneapolis. And you know that's going to be appealed. Um, and how we'll see what the sentence is. Uh, it was not good news for Chauvin when I saw that they want to get enhanced sentencing. I don't know what that means. If they're gonna, it means they're gonna throw the book at him. But uh, he could go to jail for the rest of his life. I guess he's forty-four years old. He could get thirty-five or forty years uh, based on what uh, on on the three convictions. So um, that's it for uh, Derek Chauvin. I, I, you know, after all this. And with everything that goes on, I, I didn't watch a lot of the trial. I saw, I watched different parts of it. Um, I saw the highlights of it. Um, I, I, I just, I don't get the feeling that the trial had anything to do with the conviction. I think the video uh, convicted him from day one a year ago. He was convicted, and nothing was going to change that, and especially nothing was going to change that. If the jurors lived in the town where riots would occur if they came down with the wrong verdict. So we'll see where it goes from here, but that's it for today. That's the big news. Chauvin, guilty. All three counts. See you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.